0: Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it.
1: Yeah, this week we are wa- We started a new K-drama. We started Tale of the Nine-Tailed.
0: Woo! Nice drama to start out the new year.
1: Yeah, happy... I think it's still 2020 when this episode... Wait, is it 2021? It went... Let's think about the future.
0: I think it's 2021 when this airs.
1: Dang. I think this is
0: our January drama.
1: Well, happy January, everyone. We made it through 2020, most likely. Um,
0: <laughs> if you're here, you made it.
1: If you're here, you made it, and we all made it. Um, if you're not listening to this, then we none of us made it through 2020. The aliens <laughs> really did land. Oh, no.
0: Hello to the aliens who are listening to this playback. We're sorry for what you're about to hear.
1: I hope you enjoy the podcast. This is probably the last episode, if you did decide that humans were garbage, so <laughs> which I get it.
0: I get it. We accept your, your response to our actions. <laughs> um, New year! <laughs> God. We made it! It's weird doing this in advance, because it's not the new year yet. I feel like we should be bringing more New Year's energy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We're just faking it. That's Mm -hmm. what this year's going to be about, is us faking it as we record way too far in advance. (laughs) Until we're starting to release episodes and not recording. Oh, it's going to be so weird to have a baby.
1: (laughs) It's coming! (laughs) It's (laughs) coming! Like the aliens thing to say about a baby,
0: <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> that's
1: uh, the energy
0: we're bringing, yeah,
1: I totally know how to be super normal about um babies. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell <laughs> I really
0: feel that right now. <laughs>
1: There's just a whole lot of normalcy coming off of Raquel about the baby.
0: Mhm. Very normal vibe. <laughs> um, I'm super stoked to watch this. I watched four episodes when it very first started airing, and I was like, this one's definitely Tale of the Nine-Tailed is right up play on K's alley. Yep. This is our perfect show.
1: It feels right. It feels good. Okay, so we're starting a, we're starting a show with Lee Dongwook. So, we're starting strong. Yes. <laughs> it's a strong January. This 2021 is going to be a I hesitate to jinx it, but like we're starting strong. Let's leave it at that. Yeah.
0: 2021 is just going to be a Lee Dongwook Thirst Podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello, welcome. Welcome to the Lee Dongwook Thirst Podcast. Um so, that's been very good about these episodes. I've appreciated that. It feels... There definitely feels like there's a formula for fantasy K-dramas that gets pretty strictly followed whenever they happen. Um, you know, we incorporate uh, meeting when one person, usually the female, was a child. Ugh. Let's cut that one. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate ever <laughs> I don't want them to ever know each other before they were adults. But Nothing I hate here. it, especially when one is hundreds, to thousands of years old and then they also go ahead and layer on top of that a child like it's already bad enough cuz they're always yeah. going to be a baby in his eyes. And then
0: so to actually have her be a baby, you're like, can we just, e- And we have to do the work ourselves. We have to assume he didn't fall in love with her when she was a baby, but you never see that.
1: Mm-mm. You just
0: see that like, he's always loved her. And also they met when she was nine and you're like, oh, that feels pedophilia light. Yeah. L-I-T-E. Um yeah I don't
1: like it. We don't condone it. We I it's my least favorite trope ever. Ever 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 and it just always kind of shows up especially in these fantasy tropes. Yeah. Um and then like reincarnation is always real heavy in these. <laughs> like if it if fantasy then reincarnated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> always. Because usually At some point, the female lead, or at least the non-magical lead, has to die. And so, of course, they have to come back at some point for the show to be a show. Yeah. It makes sense. I'm here for, like, 90% of the tropes. And fantasies are, I don't know, just tropes on tropes on tropes. (laughs) (laughs) It feels almost like watching an anime, which I say in the best possible way so much love in my heart. I love fantasy K-dramas. They are everything to me, but they are some of the most, almost like silly and crazy. They're just like, these nine-tailed foxes can run super fast. And they also, sometimes you can see their tails magically appear. Their eyes change color and they can like manipulate people's minds. They got the claws that come out. They break every glass. That
1: there is. Oh, every glass. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because whatever <laughs> room they are in, for some reason, <laughs> there are windows that don't need to be there. There are, like... Why does she have nine windows in her living room? In, like, not even to the outside of her house. Just No. Just nine freaking windows in her living room. And then they're in a basement. They're in a goddamn <laughs> basement of a building. They go downstairs where windows don't exist and they find like seven windows and they break them all and we break them all he throws if there is a glass near him he will throw a person through it i actually think that's on him
0: it's yeah it's definitely on him because he's the lead so he has to be the strongest and to prove you're the strongest throw someone through a window That's all there is to it. That's
1: all I. I was impressed because there's just glass (laughs) everywhere. Can you imagine what her house looked like? Just what a nightmare that house. You don't even have to, because the next day it was fixed. Oh my god! Everything was fine. That's the most unrealistic thing about this fantasy K drama (laughs) is how much money it would cost to replace the nine windows that were broken in your house. Um, that's absurd. One time. A couple months ago, I was staying at this really nice house. It was an Airbnb for a friend's wedding, and we were trying to be COVID safe, so we just rented out the house and stayed there for a while, and then had a wedding, and then stayed there for a little bit longer, and then left. And her dad makes wine, and I uh, was pouring a glass of wine... And I wasn't, it was like the first one of the day. I don't want everyone to think I was sloppy drunk. I wasn't. I'm just clumsy. And <laughs> I turned and my hand knocked the empty bottle next to me off and it shattered on this stone floor. And I swept for probably 15 minutes. I swept like the living room down like a little set of stairs because I was close enough that reasonably some glass made it in there i swept the whole hallway um i vacuumed i i did it like three times throughout the day and we all still unanimously agreed that bare feet inside of the house was just over like we couldn't do that anymore (laughs) because it shattered so thoroughly that glass could have gone uh, so far and it could have been so tiny that it could still get in our little feet you know Yeah, and so then I just think about how so many windows in her house broke And then in Korean dramas, usually they just take off their shoes before they go in homes Yeah So, good luck, I guess is what I'm trying (laughs) to say
0: Be so careful Just replace your floors and your windows Mm
1: -hmm. Or the house, maybe
0: Yeah, but she can't, because what if her parents come back?
1: And they don't recognize it
0: Oh, (laughs) you can never move. No, you can never change anything. I guess just like sweep every second of every day.
1: (laughs) Just in front of you as you walk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I'm so here for it. I love all the stupidity of every single window being so unsafe. I think that is insane and I love it. Yes, it's so good that's what this drama is about yeah
1: it's the drama
0: it's the drama (laughs) (laughs) they can do basically anything and just say oh nine-tailed foxes have that power now we just wrote (laughs) it into the show so they have that power now so they can do anything he's
1: a thousand years old why wouldn't he have developed the power to fix all the windows in her home with his mind
0: you know, you're not wrong. Prove me wrong. What do know. I know about Goobie <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and here we are. You're teaching me so much. Oh, it's so, so good. <laughs> ah. Also, this drama is so much more fast paced than most dramas that we've watched, at least this year. Yeah. Feels like we were in 90 different settings. Like, they went all over the place.
1: Yeah, I was interested um, for a couple of reasons that they decided to pace it the way they did. First of all, I was going to play Predictions Corner this time, and then last minute of the fourth episode, they took it away from me, because I was kind of hyped on the idea. Tell me if this is, maybe I am i don't know what romance is, tell me if this is not romantic. <laughs> what if she wasn't the reincarnation of the former love and he still fell in love with her because that's how deep his love was for her. This this new person who just happened to have the same face as the former person. I don't know. Maybe that's not romantic. I just liked the idea that maybe she wasn't the reincarnation at all, but he still fell in love with her. Yeah, I'm
0: totally fine with that. I am really okay... With his brother coming in and being like, your first love was reincarnated. And us finding out that it was that little tiny boy who was like, I'll be your best friend. And you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy that he has the fox beads. Like, I don't want you to be in love with him. Mm -mm. So I'm actually super okay with you falling in love again for the second time in your life with a different person. That's super healthy. Yeah. Do that.
1: And then you get to watch this young man live his life and be healthy and maybe you're just best friends with him and you get to finally see that happen and you know i think there's a certain special romance in not just sticking with your first love like it's also very romantic if you love the person that you first fell in love with and that's who you're with but also sometimes you don't get it on the first try you know sometimes you gotta try again
0: from what i understand most people don't get it on the first try And it's okay to cherish that love that you had for 600 years of servitude. And then find someone else to love.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. You're the first thoughts ever.
0: Also, maybe I'm pushing really hard for this little boy to actually be his best friend. Because I think (laughs) he could use another best friend. I like his friend just fine. He seems just a little bit, I don't know, the, the veterinarian best friend- He seems just, like, the tiniest bit too servant-like. Yeah. I don't know how to say it, but he, like, puts Li Yong on a pedestal.
1: Yeah, I want him to just be friends. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun when friends sass each other a little bit and don't Mm -hmm. do everything the other person says.
0: Yeah. They have, like, tiny, tiny moments where, uh, what's his name? Shinju. Shinju sasses young, and you're like, ha, kind of cute, but for the most part, it's very clear that he's like, this man is almost a god of the Gumihoes, and I am but a simple fox, and you're like, oh, that's not a friendship, that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, you're making it sad. <laughs> you need a real
0: friend, a human. Humans are cocky, and they will never put you on a pedestal. Yeah.
1: Meet this small boy who knows exactly what you are, and he ain't scared.
0: He ain't scared, and he's going to grow up to be a good, good pal that's not afraid to sass you. Mm-hmm. I love that for you guys. Buddy Cop Show. We've already got our spin-off. Episode <laughs> 1.
1: <laughs> Starting early.
0: Starting early. That's going to be good. Um. So yeah, episode 1 was a lot about the... Yogoga bridge, where her parents died. Oh, I gotta find her name. Jia. Jia's parents maybe died, maybe just went missing. Maybe that's the most confusing storyline so far, and I know it's supposed to be. But also, why? I don't know. I think part of... It's back to the, like, what can a f- Gumiho do? Like, what are their powers? Where... Hear me out there's a bus accident later on the same road and there's a high school student who is left alive and you're like what is that and you find out it's Lee Rong is that his name yeah Lee Rong the brother and he she's like what happened to the high school student and he's like i ate her my brain maybe did this to myself of being like oh so you have to eat someone to be able to shape shift into them,
1: I kind of did that too, because I just feel like we wanted, as dumb humans, we just wanted to function under a certain set of rules.
0: Yeah, but then three times they broke that rule, so it doesn't make any sense. Apparently, the parents are alive, but they had they had been shape shifted into, and the daughter of the fisherman was shape shifted into, and she was alive. And you're like, hey, are there rules to this magic? Because why did you kill the high schooler if you could have just looked like her?
1: Yeah. And, and just because you wanted to? I think maybe if you did, now your brother's contractually obligated to kill you again. Except now he doesn't seem comfortable with it anymore. It's like he tried to do it once and he failed, and so he's too sad to try again. I get it, I guess. I get it, I guess.
0: But also... It sounds like you're just killing a lot of people all the time and I don't is he is Lee Young the only contract killer of killers? Seems like you would just send another bounty hunter after the brother and be like, "I get it why you don't want to murder your little brother twice, but you know someone needs to stop him. He's doing pretty bad."
1: Yeah, like you okay, so you failed the first time. So what if we send uh new other contracted you know, someone. Uh, no, I guess they, no one else wanted to s- trade in their godhood to reincarnate their dead girlfriend, so.
0: You guys are a little bit petty, I think. <laughs> Maybe you should break the rules just a little bit more often so there's more people to do this work. Just saying. Um, there's also the totem grandpa. There's lots of other, like, mm." what are they called, mythical creatures Mm. in this world that I'm not familiar with and I'm excited to learn more about.
1: Yeah. I, um, if you subscribe to our Patreon, to our top tier of our Patreon, then you likely have heard our little bonus short on, um, a show I watched and one of the, it was, a horror anthology and one of the episodes dealt with Ninetale Foxes and so because of that I was very baseline familiar with Ninetale Foxes and everything else is new to me
0: <laughs> Maybe there are other episodes about Totem Grandpas that yeah. will save your life and then
1: maybe try and kill you? Yeah I'm really confused because I feel like it was really nice of him to save her Super dope Totem Grandpa um why
0: why are you choking her
1: what's that about yeah did you want you wanted to kill her but you're too late lazy i don't know i don't want to call you lazy don't try and kill me i guess
0: (laughs) but also does it count to save someone's life and then kill them
1: was it an accident are you so i don't know what's happening yeah
0: (laughs) oh weird totem grandpa And then we end episode one with her breaking into his apartment. Yeah. Um, How? I feel like that, we'll put that as a close second after the glass being fixed as to unreasonable parts of this drama. How did she, she, he lives in like a penthouse, like the most beautiful, most expensive apartment in Seoul. And she's just like, and now I'm inside. Hi. What's up? It's pretty easy to break into your apartment. Cool apartment, bro. No security though. It's surprising. <laughs> like you can't just find someone's fingerprints and be like, "And I also got the passcode to their door."
1: <laughs> maybe That's she not can.
0: how police work. Maybe,
1: maybe she can do whatever she wants. I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe she's a mythical creature.
0: Oh, prediction corner. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a mythical creature, that explains so much.
1: Finally. Finally we understand.
0: Do you think you would ever believe in yourself enough to jump off a roof just having a suspicion that someone might be more than they appear?
1: Nope, I've never been that confident in any of my (laughs) thoughts. There's not a single thought that I... There are some universal truths that I still probably wouldn't jump off of a building for. Because I, if I've learned anything in my 27 years of life, it's that I know shit about shit, so... Right?
0: hmm Why would you ever learn half a fact about somebody and be like, you know what I think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pretend he can fly. I'm gonna <laughs> just assume he can fly. I'm
1: gonna prove this to both of us. Like,
0: <laughs> you saw him do fast punches. That is not the same. <laughs> There is zero equivalence. Why are you jumping off the balcony?
1: I've seen a lot of superhero stuff. For example, I know Captain America can do some pretty hard punches, and I don't think he can fly. So I
0: don't think he can. So if his girlfriend jumped off a building, what would he do?
1: <laughs> I don't know. He'd be like, you did bad. <laughs> that was a bad idea. I can't save you. <laughs>
0: It made for one of the most probably iconic scenes of the show. At least the most iconic scenes of these episodes where they're floating, silhouetted by the moon, upside down over the city. So cool. Very, very cool shot. Just, you know, that we have to suspend all the disbelief.
1: Yep, yeah, that beautiful, bright yellow Korean moon in the middle of Seoul. <laughs>
0: The biggest moon you've ever seen in it's... the dimmest city.
1: Yep. The moon is now the size of Earth. <laughs> and um the city of Seoul turned out all of its lights just for a minute. Just so you could see it.
0: I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Why did we I feel like I'm convincing myself constantly that I love fantasy while also <laughs> Uh, sliding back into my natural state of tearing a show apart top to bottom
1: it's just fun to do it's fun and (laughs) fantasy makes it so easy because you have to just suspend your disbelief or um, call out all of the little details you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also different fantasy that sets up its own world versus fantasy that's supposed to be a secret world within the real world, if that makes sense for example, yeah. I wouldn't watch The Lord of the Rings and be like dumb hat Gandalf, you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> or how did they get into this apartment
1: right, but you watch a show that sort of takes place in our real world but it's also just, you know, those funny little fantasy differences that you think now people would notice
0: yeah. And y- you can't just do that stuff without people noticing.
1: Yeah. Have you but I ever guess maybe you can. Seen a K-drama that set up its own world?
0: Probably I'm not good at performing on the spot.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do all like history course.
0: dramas fall into that category?
1: Mm, sometimes in the sense that they paint history as a much less dark place.
0: I feel like any depiction of history in a TV show might be considered making its own world.
1: Yeah. Maybe to some I don't extent. know. I don't know cuz sometimes they're historically accurate but still fiction, you know?
0: Yeah. So, I'm not smart enough for this game. This feels like the <laughs> is pizza a pie sort of argument.
1: Yeah. One time. Oh, he's going to love this because he listens to the podcast. I have a friend <laughs> who uh, will die on the hill of cereal is a soup.
0: Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I never <laughs> care about anything enough to argue it to death.
1: Yeah. It's too cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, not too too much too much brain work.
0: You and my husband did debate in high school. <laughs> you got the big brain minds, and I'm like, I don't like to fight with people. I will cry. <laughs> so if you tell me that your thing is that cereal is a soup, I don't care. That sounds <laughs> fine to me. I don't have any feelings about it at all. <laughs>
1: Your world sounds neat.
0: So I guess, yeah, as much as I am going to rip this drama apart for its silliness, I always will fall back in the category of like, just love it for the ride. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that's I pretty, just love to see it.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty decent stance, I'd say. We'll just love it for the ride, but also we're going to pick it apart. A little, little column A, little column B. You can love little it. Little column A, little column B. You can love it, and you can a little bit tease it.
0: Because we said at one point that we were a comedy podcast, and we don't know how to do comedy without <laughs> just making fun of things that yeah. we love.
1: Is there a way to do comedy about these shows that is not making fun of it? It's fine. we we'll keep doing what we're doing. You're here, so statistically, people listen.
0: <laughs> we've got at least one. Um, episode two starts with the flashback to the Bikdu mountain range, which we learn a little bit about here and there throughout the four episodes. This is where we get the he met her as a child trope that nobody cares about. I think the storyline with the brother is way more interesting. Like, it's that thing, like I said, you have to do a lot of the hard work as far as the relationship between Leon and um
1: Lee wrong? Aum. Oh, Aum. yeah.
0: Yeah, the the past relationship where they're just like here's some cute little clips of them being cute together. Ignore the extensions. Don't look at the extensions. <laughs> don't let them distract you. Please
1: don't look at them. They don't love each other less just because his extensions are insane. <laughs>
0: it doesn't distract from her love don't let it distract from yours (laughs) just pretend they're in love and you're like i don't know it's just like a a few clips half of which she's a child in where they're just kind of seem like friendly towards each other but then they're kissing fine and then they kiss like a little kiss
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then she's dead And you're like, I'm sorry, the scene with the brother was 900 times more powerful. There is beautiful monologuing and beautiful back and forth. And your heart is torn
1: apart in two minutes or less. Yeah, they did a good job. I was sad for this little sociopath. I was sad for what he had become. I was sad for his brother who had to kill him. (sighs) I was torn apart
0: within a minute and they have tried for at least ten minutes to set that up with the love story, and every time you see her die in his arms, you're like, Ah,
1: bummer. Darn, that must have been hard.
0: I feel like I have to really work hard to feel like this sucked for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, ideally speaking, if I, if I had written the Kate drama... There would be a whole episode that really just built that relationship so that I really cared that he Mm. sacrificed so much for her, but at this point, I'm still back on my, it would be just as romantic if she was reincarnated as someone he didn't fall in love with this time around, and he fell in love with someone new.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's a storyline that I've made up. In trying to fill all the blanks of what's going on in the past. Because I think by the end of this K-drama, through all the flashbacks, we will probably have enough to fill an episode of what happened between them on Bikdu. And like how they fell in love. And it's going to be so cute and romantic. But it's taking such a long time that you're just like, I ship these two whether she's got the bead or not. Like, Gia seems great. They seem to have good chemistry. Just, like, they're doing fine even if she's not the one.
1: Yeah. I do definitely want to con- No. What's the word I'm looking for? I said condemn. Oh. That's not it at all. Condemn, but good. Um, oh, I thought
0: you were just going to say convey.
1: Convey. Uh, sort of. Well, I just want, like, props to Lee Dong-wook because he does this thing where you can see the moment that- his character has developed feelings for a person. He's very good at that. Because I remember he played a pretty cold person or a cold-seeming person in Touch Your Heart if you listened to our episodes. Um, I'm going to keep this mostly spoiler-free, but I think we can all agree that it's not spoilery that he does fall in love with her. In that. <laughs> it um, is
0: a rom-com. That's what it's about. Yeah,
1: and he played a pretty emotionally distant person but I remember the moment that he started to have affection for her and thinking, I'm so glad that he's so good at this because sometimes you've got the emotionally unavailable male lead and you don't know at what point you were supposed to believe that he had developed feelings but he's just saying that he has them now and he'd die for her so I guess that there's that. <laughs> but I do feel like However, it wasn't as gradual as some stories do it, but I could see kind of the little moments that he started to develop feelings, and Lee Dongwuk is very good at at showing those moments in his characters. Yeah. So I'm I props to him, because I actually believe that he has affection for this woman even before he realizes that she is his love reincarnated.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, all of it's moving very quickly, and I feel like it still somehow feels natural. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel too rushed, but it is surprising that by the end of episode four, she's like, I've got the bead, and he's like, I would have died for you either way. And you're like, right. oh, that's four episodes? We've got a long way to go, you guys. Are you in love so now? Or? <laughs> Are you getting married? <laughs> Actually, I'm here for that. Um... But it's quick. It is very quick. And that is, yeah, surprising. I think it's an effect of what you said, that he's really subtly showing that he's developed this interest, whether she's his past love or not. And it's really, really well done. It's, if I could say, he is a good actor. This Lee Dong Wook, he's gonna go places.
1: (laughs) I think, I think he's really got the stuff to make it in this industry.
0: (laughs) I recommend he pursue this as a full-time career. (laughs) I love to see it. I love when he plays a character with, like, superpowers, but that's just, like, broken on the inside and a little bit. A little bit silly sometimes on the outside. Yeah. I feel like we got that a little bit with the Grim Reaper and Goblin, if I'm not mistaken. It was a long time ago, so I could be filling in some blanks pretty liberally here. <laughs> but, like, every time he saves her, she's she is a damsel in distress every six minutes. Yeah, word. Which, like, you know that's my trope. I am a sucker for a damsel in distress. But I'm also like, I want you to be... Just like 10% more competent because I think that's what your character is supposed to be. Like Jia is supposed to be this like cool, confident woman who's like good at her job and doesn't give up on a lead. But when she's entering this magical world, it's clearly so dangerous that she's just putting herself in danger all the time and mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like, but could you be like just a little more careful? And then my heart skips a beat when Leon shows up and saves her, and then he freaking smirks every time, and I'm like, uh, okay, just put yourself in danger. I don't care.
1: Do whatever um, you need like to. Another smirk. I like it when I'm he g- saves you too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the monkey brains. The monkey brains are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine. We all know that Lee Dongwook is a big bias here on Play On K. Um. <laughs> And Lee dong
0: with red hair? Didn't even know it was a thing I needed.
1: Yeah, but now we have it, and I've only had it for four episodes, and I would die for it, so... <laughs> um, I do appreciate, kind of going back to her character, as frustrating as it is that she's kind of continuously a damsel, and I would like to see that not be the case so much, personally. I do love the level of confidence they've given her for example um she has really good insight she has really mm-hmm. good investigation skills she has pretty decent perception and i really i am listing her traits based on dungeons and dragons yes
0: <laughs> but I on to that yeah
1: i was I was thinking about it as we were going through because I like that she's kind of a shrewd person, but she's still warm. She's just very analytical, but she hasn't lost any warmth because of it, which I think is something that sometimes it's a trap that people fall into with these. It's kind of a tropey trap. That, that K-dramas fall into, where if they have a really analytical female lead who is good at her job, they also kind of forget to make her a really warm, three-dimensional person. And so I appreciate that they've done that pretty well. Because I think of, um, again, referencing another fantasy drama, we're, I think we're going to do that a lot while we um, <laughs> yeah. review this drama, but uh, going back to Huayugi... I remember liking the female lead, but she was definitely a much more closed off person, but she similarly was thrust into a world that was too dangerous for her, but she was also, she had certain abilities that kind of brought something to the table. Yeah. And, but I do feel like, uh, I mean, go back to Huayugi If you want to hear our whole review on it, but I remember kind of wishing that she was a little more three dimensional and her interactions with others were, I don't know, more encouraging, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I I see a lot of similarities between the two main characters from Huyugi and from this, from Tale of the Nine-Tailed, but I prefer Jia.
0: Mmm, That's a really good comparison. I feel like Jia is a lot more endearing, especially in her interactions with other humans.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I remember—we'll try and stop comparing pretty soon—but I remembered Huayugi, the female lead, had an assistant at her office who she was never really close to, whereas in this one, she's clearly really close to the two people she works with. Probably three people. They have, like, a manager that hasn't really been established as a character— but at least the writer and the uh, assistant, the do-everything guy, the yeah. only guy who works a lot, <laughs> um, those three are clearly really close and friendly with each other, and I think that has helped establish her as like a person who is likable.
1: Yes. Yeah. And yeah, she's got certain skills too. She's not just being pushed into this, she is kind of being pushed into this world, but also kind of seeking this world out not knowing how dangerous it is and so that's why I'd like to see her less damselly just because she is she's smart she didn't drink the tea and then it was kind of frustrating when the <laughs> shaman lady was immediately like yeah well it wasn't about drinking it you dumb dumb
0: but i like that stuff i think it's for one thing it's kind of a cliche thing of like We've all seen the TV shows where they drink the tea or they eat the food and it's been poisoned. So now they can't escape. And she's like, okay, I'm not the classic damsel in distress. I'm not going to do a stupid thing. And so I like that this show is a little bit like, we're smart enough to trick you twice, at least. And I love that it's established that like she approaches these fishermen And she kind of gets into the start of an altercation with them. And she's clearly got the upper hand. Like, she keeps control of the situation. When it comes to dealing with people, she is exceptional. And then when it comes to dealing with foxes, that exceptionalism is like the bare minimum now. But it's what's kept her alive for as long as four episodes at least. Yeah, It is this incredible skill and ability to read people has kept her just getting by in this fantasy world and as we see her interact with more and more fantasy creatures i think that will continually be a little bit frustrating that she like never is going to get the upper hand she's never going to be as exceptional as she is when it when she's dealing with real people but it's going to get her by i think she'll survive because she is so amazing, and I think that's a really hard balance to strike, and they've done such a good job with it.
1: Yeah, that's true. They have done a really exceptional job, and I didn't think about it that way, and now I do like it even more that, yeah, she's definitely a people person. It's when she's entering into this new world that she she's actually lucky to be exceptional, because now she's just surviving.
0: I thought... Kind of thinking about that island as a whole. I thought that island, like, I know it will come back. Clearly they're building up to, like, the biggest, baddest evil out there is buried on this island. So eventually we're going to round back to it. That's going to be a thing, probably the final boss battle of this show. But it's so interesting to me that they stayed there for, like, one and a half episodes and then suddenly they're just gone. Yeah. They're like, whoa, everybody disappeared. And you're like, are they going to go around and find them? Are they still on the island? Are they going to track them down? And she's like, no, we're going back home. Thank you. <laughs> I just, like I said, it it's so much more fast paced than I thought it would be as a drama.
1: Yeah, it is. It's so different because I also was expecting that island to be... One in a series of episodes that does, you know, the serial beginnings of episodes where they mm-hmm. do a couple of different cases, essentially, and mm-hmm. it kind of establishes, we've talked about it before, it, it, it's a good way to establish relationships, but put them kind of maybe not at the very forefront of the K-drama immediately, kind of let them develop naturally while we're focusing on oh, they solved another mystery
0: Yeah, and I
1: did really expect that to be the case with this, and it really has not. It's all been very focused on uh, building a big storyline early and so we've got this little demon baby, which is terrifying that little (laughs) eye-opening Yeah, what is that? That spooked me. They did a good job. That's really spooky. Um, (laughs) And obviously, really early on, they introduced the uh, brother, Li Rong, who is real messed up and real ready to do some messing up. And his his girlfriend? Yes, who was in The King Eternal Monarch, but she Uh played a good guy in that.
0: (laughs) I feel like we've seen her in everything everywhere. She's just so stunningly beautiful. Yes. But also usually like a second female lead. It's a total disconnect cuz I'm like you are the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Something you should I, be the lead.
1: Yeah. They I can't wait to see her as a lead as a female lead. Uh mm-hmm. y- y'all let me know as soon as you see that happen. Um <laughs> But I love that she and the actor who plays Lee Rong actually look very fox-like. Mm-hmm.
0: They have really sharp features.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and they're so it, really
0: exceptionally beautiful.
1: Yes, yeah, so it makes it so convincing that these are fox people. Even though I yeah. think she stole the body that she's inhabiting.
0: Because I think, like... That's a good way to put it, because I don't want to make it sound like our actual leads are just less good-looking. Like, clearly, everyone in this show is insanely good-looking. Like, they are... What an incredible cast. The visuals are there. I just... Yeah, Lee Rong and uh, Yudi are just... Yeah, almost that alien, fox-like... Doll like perfect people, and I love to look at them.
1: Yes, so I can't good. Wait for her to fall in love with the vet accidentally, right?
0: <laughs> oh, it's happening. I ship it so hard. I, I want her, her to
1: change, heart, you know, and that would be disappointing because I really want her to fall in love.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's gonna happen, but I really want him to just slowly chip away at her hurt yourself and change her for the better is that too much to ask I don't know
1: I'm crossing my fingers on camera that's bad (laughs) podcasting but I do that to you all the time I just like nod a
0: lot (laughs) when you're talking and I'm like this isn't helpful just say you agree
1: it's so hard because I actually I am very much that over affirming listener so when you're Mm -hmm. talking I'm over here yes hmm or something I've picked up lately is I laugh in affirmation I just do a little <laughs> oh giggle. no I
0: did it oh <laughs> it's like you cued me <laughs> yeah.
1: and now it's in your mind um <laughs> yeah I have to take some of those out every time I edit just so that it's not constantly me going
0: ha 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 oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh never edit Just edit our pauses out, and then keep all our weird noises in the background (laughs) someday. I guess we have those bonus episodes on our Patreon that are less edited, Yeah. so if you want to hear how bad we are at
1: podcasting. (laughs) I do the bare minimum editing on those bad boys. I just make sure that we aren't screaming at any point, you know? No absolutely breaking of the eardrums, because we got too close (laughs) to the mic. But other than that, we're all likes and ums.
0: So many. I used to edit out every time we would talk over each other, and I can't imagine you doing that. It would take, like, six hours to edit each episode (laughs) because we always talk over each other. It's
1: conversationally something we do, I think, and neither of us has ever taken offense because it's just how we talk because we know what the other's going to say. So we Uh start the next sentence.
0: (laughs) We finish each other's thought and then hurry the conversation along. (laughs) And it works for us, but it could sound insane to other people.
1: So sorry about that.
0: Sorry if our podcast isn't good. We're working on it, maybe. We can,
1: yeah. Um, But yeah, if you want to check out those bonus episodes, uh, they are on Patreon if you're doing our $5 per month tier. And, uh, there's something. <laughs> They're
0: different. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought I would bring more fun facts to this podcast. I don't think I had that many. Except, okay, I had two fun facts before we go. Okay. Because this was my second watch through of these four episodes. So I had time to, like, Google stuff while it was playing. Fact number one. An Imugi is, a uh, Legendary dragon monster, I think. I already forgot. It's either an old dragon or a young dragon. (laughs) I can't remember. But if you see one, they're supposed to be good luck. Like Uh a sign of good fortune. And they are benevolent creatures. So they usually refer to this thing as Imugi. But there's one point where the shaman refers to it as Yid-yong. The, like, god of corruption. God of the unclean, I think she calls him. So apparently this one was broken. He became (laughs) (laughs) non-benevolent. I got there. I might have died just now, but I got there. He
1: became malevolent.
0: Malevolent. That's an even better word. (laughs) He became evil. And, uh... I thought that was a fun fact. It was just, I don't know, then it started to make me sad that they kept calling it Imugi, because I was like, no, the Imugi are good. They are good snakes. Do not curse them. Leave them alone. Leave them out of this. Call him by his name. (laughs) I don't know why Uh, I wanted to protect the name of the Imugi once I know one Wikipedia sentence about their existence. (laughs) But they're pure creatures. They're the good guys. They're the good guys. Last, they mentioned uh, the Roanoke Island mm-hmm. and the vanishing effect and all the people. I would recommend looking this one up for yourself. I am not a huge fan of Unsolved Mysteries. I like a good, clean ending to my mysteries. So I'm sure any good mystery podcast probably has an episode about this. And maybe it's super fascinating when they talk about this, but I was like, i don't I just found it so uninteresting. Like a group of settlers in fifteen eighty seven, I think, settled on an island. There were like a hundred people, and they built all these structures and like started living on the island and then their like leader had to go back to England, and he got waylaid for, like, five years or something. And by the time he returned, everyone was gone, and there was, like, no trace of them. And I know that that's still kind of spooky, but to me, five years is just such a long time to be like, everyone disappeared. I'm like, that's not the... The island you were on, everyone disappeared overnight, Gia that's crazy that's not the same as being like we returned five years later and the the town was abandoned i feel like you'd be like yeah maybe everyone died maybe they left i don't know
1: yeah also back in the 1500s it's not like anyone had a facebook so you could be like hey where did you go why aren't you here what did something happen on roanoke and then they could be like oh yeah bruh um Actually, uh, the storms were getting really, really bad, and we realized that living on an island in this particular climate was like pretty unsustainable, and so we all made the decision together to just, you know, GTFO Roanoke. So so
0: they almost did that. They left a giant word written on one of their walls <laughs> that was like, Croatoa or something?
1: Later days. That was the name
0: of a nearby island. Oh, and there is no, um, there's no evidence that they went there. There's no evidence that they um, integrated with the indigenous tribes. That's the mystery. There's no evidence of like where they actually went. To me, feels like if they were trying to go to another island, maybe they got lost at sea. If they like they left a note on the wall that said, "This island." Uh, It seems pretty clear that they tried to go there and they probably died along the way.
1: Mystery solved. Case closed. You're
0: welcome. This 500-year-old mystery was just solved by the world's biggest idiot. Like, (laughs) you can see I'm just not interested in this mystery. I don't believe it's a case, a solid case of the vanishing effect that is proven as, like, Historically the craziest thing that's ever happened.
1: You know there are crazier mysteries. Um, for sure. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they exist.
0: They exist. It's not this one. So don't even bring it up in my K drama. (laughs) I guess.
1: GTFO. That's the second time I've used that particular acronym.
0: Ooh. Very hip.
1: Yeah, I'm so hip here. Here on Play on K, we like to use the hippest acronyms.
0: (laughs) I think GTFO is pretty new, and I like it. (laughs) Okay, that's all I had for these episodes. Did you have anything else to add? Um, Maybe about ghost children or any of the fourth episode, which we almost entirely skipped?
1: You know, I'll just do a quick... um baseline thoughts of just like the spooky or difficult to watch parts of this and it's a weird way to end it but like <laughs> have we ever been good at it i don't know no um so i struggled really hard with watching the freaking gruesome deaths of the sailors
0: just mm. all of them the
1: cannibalism the drowning in a toilet the choking on hair uh all rough it was a lot, you know? And then there was just a whole lot of blurred knives as people got stabbed and cut and sliced. Dang. A lot? Yeah. We had to blur a lot of these we- these bloody weapons. And then uh I... Yeah, the ghost children were spooky. I think some of the Most successfully spooky imagery I've seen in a K-drama was used in this, and one of them was the one million child hands banging on the windows. Whoa.
0: The child hands and the motion light, for me, are big
1: ones. (gasps) Yes! A a motion light gets me every time you... We all know paranormal activity, for some reason, really ticked some boxes for Raquel's horror <laughs> needs. And now, ever since, motion lights go on and off, and I am properly spooked. Hmm. Um. So yes, that was very successful. And then I kind of touched on this, but I can't emphasize how creepy that little baby eye peeking out of that bundle was to me. It's just <laughs> so gross that... I mean, it's one of those things... Where it definitely touches on, I think that humans think that in horror genre, things like um, babies and children are spooky because there's supposed to be a level of innocence associated with them. And then you take that away and make them demons and monsters and ghosts. And that's really scary. And then, I mean, there's other things that uh, we could go down the rabbit hole of like, Corrupting innocence as a way to drive home horror, like, when moms kill their children is really horrific, and, like, so taking away the innocence of, like, a mother's love is super spooky. Um, They didn't use that, but there's just, like, you know, there's just certain things that when you twist them for horror, it hits a little extra.
0: Yeah, they started to do that with the fox parents chasing yes. their child
1: through the house. Yes, that was really scary. Because it's, yes, a mom who turns on her baby. And and that's always going to be bad news. Just really extra creepy. And um, so I think that there's an element of that that plays into it for me. That it's a baby. But I think it's also just... That they so successfully shrouded it in mystery, and then they end episode four with one creepy little black eye cracking open. And I know that eventually we will see a CGI of something that just isn't that spooky, and it will completely uh, take away from the spooky mystery that is this show, but up until that point, I'm going to hold on to these, these little creepy moments, and that was a good one. Mm-hmm. What a
0: good place to end. They did a very good job with the horror in this drama, in this very romantic and sometimes <laughs> silly drama. Yes. They also got some good spooks.
1: Congrats on the spooks, y'all.
0: Well done on the spooks.
1: Uh, if you oh, want to talk yeah. to us about your favorite spooks. Email us at podcast at gmail.com.
0: You can leave comments directly on the episodes at playonk.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter to hear what I watched every month and never miss when we start a new drama, as well as find a link to our Patreon.
1: Yes, you can go to our Patreon directly by going to patreon.com slash playonk. You can sign up for our different tiers. You can see what those tiers are all about. We do have some bonus content on there. Bonus. Um Bonus. If you sign up for our $5 level, uh, our $1 level gets a shout out. So, you know, just check it's us like out. It's
0: like a hey, thank you. Yee. Yeah. And our $5 level has all the bonus stuff. Um... You can find us on different social media platforms. We are at play on K on Twitter and at play on K podcast on Instagram. And we would love it if you'd find us on either of those places and give us a Hey, and just say you're listening.
1: Yeah. And if you, uh, wherever you listen to us, whatever platform you use, uh, if you could drop us a rating and review, if you're enjoying it, especially we would really appreciate it. It helps find, helps other gay drama podcast listeners find us
0: yeah it would mean the world to us thank you as always for listening we will see you next week with the next four episodes of tale of the nine tailed